The Birth of the Arbutus From Echoes of the Forest by William Edgar Brown Read for LibriVox.org by the Alps of Texas The Birth of the Arbutus Dedicated to the passengers and crew of the Russia on her northern trip September 8th through 16th, 1908 Many, many moons ago In a land of ice and snow Where the pale moon did faintly glimmer On a lake in a frozen river and the pole star dimly shine on the birch and northern pine. In a damp, lonely lodge of dreary view dwelt the desolate Manito. Cruel and brave was the Manito. Wrinkled and white was his lofty brow. Keen and gray was his piercing eye, and fierce as the eagle of the sky. And, drooping forward, his massive form was bent by the weight of many a storm. But his boast and pride was his crown of snow, white as the drifts which the north winds blow. Warmly clad was the Manito, in the fur of the bear and the cunning beaver, but none too warmly, for winter was here, and the fields were white and the leaves were sere. Down came the chill winds from the bleak mountainside, and wildly whistled through branches and trees, chilling the birds and killing the bees. The evil spirits in desolation sought for safety a new habitation in the sheltering caves of ice and snow, safe from the breath which the wintry winds blow. The haughtiest monarch will meet his fate, the cruelest tyrant receive his blow. So out of his lodge in the biting cold is the desolate Manito forced to go. The hand of time, who makes all things old, has laid his hand on the tyrant gray, in grief and despair, in anguish and prayer, the sad-hearted suppliant takes his way, a shivering wreck to his lonely lodge in the fading beams of the closing day. In the treetops the wind was moaning loud, the giant thought of his coffin and shroud. It sighed and shrieked in sounds most dreary. Inside, the old man was weak and weary. It circled around his lodge once more and blew back the bearskin from the door, and a beautiful maiden of charms untold entered the lodge of the tyrant old. Large were her eyes and glowed with light, as shine the eyes of the fawn at night. Red were her cheeks as the leaves of the rose, that on the bank of the streamlet grows. Her graceful form and features fair were crowned by her wealth of tresses rare, so long that they brushed the floor of the king, and glossy and black as the raven's wing. Of grasses and ferns was her winsome gown, a wreath of flowers her priceless crown. Her dainty feet wore moccasins rare, white lilies embroidered with violets fair. Her hands were clad in willow buds gay, her gestures were graceful as fawn at play. The voice of the maiden was soft and sweet, as the south wind who kisses the fields of wheat. Her breath as fragrant as flowers in May, that open their leaves at the peep of day. As the zephyrs of spring unloose the stream, and change the glade to a fairyland dream. So the wintry wind rushed back in a fright, and the lodge was enchanted with warmth 
and light. The Manito sat in his great armchair and viewed with wonder the maiden fair. At last his lips the silence broke, and in tremulous tones a welcome spoke. Come, sit thou here, and tell me thy name, and tell me the land from whence you came, and tell me why, like the hunted deer, you wander alone in the forest here, and tell me the place where thy people dwell, and the charm and grace of thy wondrous spell. Until thou dost weary, thou then shalt know of the victories and deeds of the fierce Manito. The maiden smiled, and the sunlight's beam through the roof of the lodge shot its golden gleam. The pipe of friendship the old man took, and stroked his beard with a peaceful look. But when the blue smoke began to soar, a boasting braggart he proved once more. And terrible deeds he did then unfold as pirate cruising in quest of gold. When I, the Manito, blow my breath, the rivers are still in the grip of death. The waves of the great lakes break no more with their martial music upon the shore. The murmuring streamlets are silent and still, for all the waters obey my will. I roar with delight when I plainly see the havoc which has been wrought by me. Then spoke the maid in accents sweet. The Manito is strong and great. The waters know his poisonous breath, for at its touch they chill in death. But when the woodlands see me smiling, the hills and glades and glens beguiling, Flowers are seen in the forest springing, all in tune with the songbirds singing. Grass is green and fields inviting, all in tune with the meadowlarks piping. With eyes that glowed like coals of fire, the giant roused him in his ire, and, standing like a stag at bay, or lion crouching for his prey, in tones as deep as the lion's roar, the grizzly Manito spoke once more. When I shake my locks, the wild winds blow, and the earth is covered with frost and snow. The leaves all die and fall to the ground, for scarce a leaf on a tree is found. The birds desert their nests and fly far over the lakes from the wintry sky. In sheltered caves on the mountain side, in terror and fear do the animals hide. When I wrinkle my brow or wave my hand, the wind wails its death chant over the land. As lovely woman only knows, the balm which soothes the stern man's woes, and softly whispers just the word to soothe the spirit of her lord and all his foolish notions ridding, sweetly makes him do her bidding. So this fair maid, with accent sweet, brought the fierce storm king to her feet. Great is the Manito, said the maid. In all the land is his power displayed. His mighty name is feared by all the living things, both great and small. 
Mighty and cruel is the Manito, and cunning as the Indian brave. His strength surpasses the mountain oak, which, with one blow of his hand, is broke. But I am gentle, quoth the maiden, and with the breath of the flowers laden, when I walk forth, a winsome rover, floods of sunlight float all over. The trees are dressed in beauteous green, fit for the fancy of the queen. While in the dell, the violet's hue vies with the sky's ethereal blue. And the fond dove to his mate is cooing, charmed by the song of the south wind's wooing. Again the bluebird rears her young, her mate his watchful vigil keeping. The brook trout sport in the silvery stream, and through the forest the red deer's leaping. The Indian brave tells his tale of love to the bashful maiden who hides her blushes. But see, the manito drops his head, as into the lodge the south wind rushes. The storm king raised his head once more, as if his boasting were not o'er, but the maiden gently waved her hand as the magician waves his wand. He then began to shake and shiver, and every nerve in his body quiver. The maiden smiled at her gentle power when she saw the manito growing small, for he had come to his fatal hour, and his boasting pride must have a fall. At last, when he opened his mouth to speak, the gurgling waters began to flow, and the garments that covered his vanishing form were changed to bright and glistening leaves. Then knelt the maiden upon the ground and took from her bosom most precious flowers, such as grow in northern bowers. Modest, fragrant, and rose-white were they, sweetest flowers of the loveliest May. She hid them under the leaves with care, and breathed with her love a perfume rare. I give, O precious jewels, to thee, my virtues and my sweet breath, and men shall pluck thee with bowed head, and gather thee on bended knee. As over the mountains and meads she went, the songbirds sang her a chorus of cheer, wherever she stepped and nowhere else. Arbutus grow with fragrance rare. As the maid's kind words and accents sweet brought the fierce giant to her feet, so gentle words, like drops of rain, will often soothe the heart of pain. To gentle words the power is given to transform earth and open heaven. For heaven comes to earth like spring, when in the heart the songbirds sing, and spring's rare beauties stir in me the hopes of immortality. End of The Birth of the Arbutus This recording is in the public domain.